and welcome back to Project 99. It is March 5th, 2021. I'm just now realizing that I missed uh, March 4th. There was something important yeah. I was supposed yeah, to be doing. Yeah, the insurrections were supposed to make a comeback. It oh, that's what it was. Be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's the new date? I'm sure there is one. The 20th. I oh, heard. okay. All right. You oh, knew it was Lord. coming. You knew it was they coming. It again. I, I read that, that the 20th might be the new date, but I think the... Uh, the number of people that I still believe are so small. There's probably like five <laughs> people over there are like, the 20th. <laughs> well, you Skin know, there was a smaller. minister that predicted the end of the world like 19 times and it yeah. never happened. Do people still believe it every time? He, I'm like, who are these people? I am a, a fan of conspiracy theories. I'm a hobbyist. I like to like, I enjoy reading them. It's like social fiction. And every time I hear one of these, I think to myself, what if we're wrong? Like, what, if, what if this happens? What if I'm the asshole this whole time? Yeah, I don't and, know. and it passes, and I'm like, ha ha, I knew I was right. Ha ha. <laughs> well, that's, it's funny you mention that, because we've talked a lot on our show about conspiracy theories, and um, I used to actually listen to Alex Jones like, like a decade ago. Oh, me too. Uh, in 2004 to 2007? Yeah, because he always was talking about at that time was like the fact that the CIA overthrew governments and nobody yeah. knew about it and Operation Northwoods and all the different things that actually were history that were conspiracies. He wasn't like talking about gay frogs. I told you, <laughs> they did some shit to him. Yeah, I think they this, did because of 9-11. My issue is uh, when Obama started running, and I remember going to, I used to go to his webpage and then the uh, um, the chat rooms and, and the message boards it got really awkward, and it got really conservative and, and really racial. And I yes. feel like a lot of people that uh, were just anti that movement kind of moved towards the uh, conspiracy realm. And it, it kind of got grabbed and held by, by conservatives. When I, I didn't seem like Alex Young was a conservative before 2008. And it seemed started like he catering. snapped, and it was all conservative. Started catering to his demographic. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's weird. There should be like a, a name for that specifically when conservatives start taking over something that you enjoy and they ruin it. Because um, just like the older I get, the more I see like, uh, and it's totally unrelated, but like the punk rock community is just full of fucking like right wing conservative dudes that are like white guys in like their late thirties, early forties. And they're like, yeah, we're still punk rock, but also we voted for Trump. And I'm like, you, you fucking oh, dude, you're, are you listening to the music that you like? Listen to it. Like, what well, the fuck is your problem? Sense, in the sense that... They're ruining it. In the sense that it's anti-establishment and he paints himself as being anti-establishment. It's fake. Yeah, it's fucking strange, dude. It's fucking strange. Anyway, um, I didn't do our little introduction here. Obviously, we have guest uh, Jermaine's joining us again. Hello. So we're glad to have him. And uh, as usual, I'm going to let Mick... Uh, go over all of the topics that she brought this week because I've been super lazy and haven't really done shit but schoolwork so I'm just like here for comic relief well schoolwork is work dude yeah uh, dude working full time and, and I'm just ready to be done with college I got two more months and I'm done I'm like I'm never going back I'm not doing this ever again <laughs> well I feel like that I don't work now and I'm not in school but I have I I, I spend so much time working <laughs> I don't know how that's possible but uh so the, a lot of stuff happened this week it was a very very full week um, we had the Capitol Hill, you know, the investigation into the insurrection that started last week. There was one hearing last week and two this week. Yeah, we did a little. We covered a little bit of it uh, on our episode last week. So if you want to check that out, I just I entitled it uh, the Capitol hearings part one. And this will probably be part two because um, it's a continuation. But Right. And, and like all the hearings are, are totally different from one another. So the first one was basically Ron Johnson going off on the deep end of it was really Antifa that did it. <laughs> which was craziness. 
um, and I actually made a video for YouTube. It's like, would it be the first video on, on our channel where I go through that segment of where he's talking and just destroy like his whole entire, it's ridiculous. But anyway, it wasn't very hard, but that's the first, first video I did of Ron Johnson. Um, and this, the second one, that, that one all had to do with like the Capitol Hill police, you know, the actual like city police and all that. And then this one was, um, you know, more the federal side of it. So they interviewed um, the, uh, the, the, head, the general that was in charge of the National Guard. They're, they were trying to find out, you know, okay, what happened with this delay? Like a lot of it was FBI memos and who knew what, when, and all that. All of that is bullshit. You don't need to know that. Everybody and their brother knew some shit was going to happen that day. The FBI knew some shit was going to happen that day. Every intelligence agency was putting out memos that shit was going to happen that day. Everybody knew that. So the long and short of it is... Um, why was the Capitol not protected? So the um, general that was in charge of the National Guard said that he requested, um, he was requested by Chief Sund um, at like 10 till 2, and the National Guard was not allowed to go for three hours and 19 minutes while the Capitol was being overrun. That's what everybody was watching on TV you know, that these people were just rampaging through there and everybody and their brothers like, where's the National Guard? Yeah, what's with the response time here? <laughs> right, so um, what it all came down to was, um, you know, there was the Secretary of the Army and the Secretary of Defense, and they were the ones that were making the call to not send the National Guard. And you had the, the general in charge of the National Guard, like, telling them, like, my guys are ready to go over there, like, we need to go over there, and they wouldn't let him go. And um, he, he talks about a phone call um, where they tell him that they're concerned about the optics. You might remember that that was discussed, like, the next day, like, what the hell went on. And uh, they said it was the optics they were worried about. So, What do you mean by optics? Optics means, like, how it looks mm. to the public. Yeah, okay. public opinion. Right. So I think that they planned all this excuse back when, remember, the June... Um, protest in D.C. when Trump was in his bunker mm -hmm. and they had the National Guard out there and they were heavily criticized because the National Guard was out there, you know, being too forceful with people that were not doing anything wrong. So I think they were gonna, they had planned to use that as an excuse for not bringing the National Guard. Um, but the disappointing thing about the hearings was that the people that made the decision to not let the National Guard go were not there to testify. Of course. Because they resigned. So they're gone. So who knows if we'll ever get them in there. But um, the uh, General Walker, who is, a, he's just, he's one of those guys that's like a Colin Powell kind of person that seems like very distinguished, very respectable. And he was friend, he's friends with um, Chief Sund, the chief of the, of the D.C. police. So, you know, when he called him, it was like, I need your help. You know how bad he wanted to just break the rules and just go over there? So, um, you know, they had a gentleman from the Department of Defense that was trying to um, basically explain why the National Guard wasn't called out because the people that should have been explaining why they didn't call them out weren't there. So I heard that they were talking about they were watching the perimeter, um, which seemed interesting because uh, I remember uh, when I was in the Guard, um, right when I got out, I had a lot of friends that watched the perimeter, uh, and there was a lot of barricades barricades like a few blocks out mm -hmm. for an inauguration mm -hmm. or this was like obama's first inauguration in 08 
we're talking about like hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And this had upwards of 100,000 people roughly. But it didn't seem like it was something big enough that they needed a full National Guard detail mm-hmm. all around the Capitol building a mile, two miles out that they couldn't have had some people around the Capitol. It seemed, that, that excuse seemed weird to me. Mm-hmm. Well, they tried to blame it. At first, the right-wing media tried to blame it on Mariel Bowser because, you know, she's the mayor of D.C. She's a Democrat. And she's also the one that painted the Black Lives Matter thing, like, right down the street to the White House. Like, so she's, like, like a kind of a target for the right wing. And they were like, she didn't want the National Guard there. She told them to stay away. And that's, that's kind of bullshit. She actually requested them to be there uh, doing traffic control and also to have a, a unit on standby to come in in case there were any problems. You know, so she... She was expecting problems, but the problem is she thought that she had made clear to everybody to be, like, ready. You know what I mean? So, um... See, uh, and back to the National Guard thing, is I remember back in 04, um, during Bush's second inauguration, we were on a detail in Martinsburg, and the detail was security. We weren't going to D.C. We were going to be on a tarmac for uh, hours, in case something was going on in D.C., that we would get on this this plane, get into the city within an hour, and then be deployed. And this was back in 04. It's, it's hard for me to believe that there wasn't guard units that were there for quick reaction. Well, they were there for quick reaction. But what General Walker says is that unlike any other instruction he's ever been given before, the Secretary of, the, uh, Secretary of Defense told him, he would, was absolutely not allowed to use his rapid response force unless he was given explicit permission. And he uh, said, who, who, who did the permission come from? From the Secretary of Defense. Oh, okay. Which is? So they hamstrung him, really. They knew that he wouldn't be able to move until they told him to move because that was the instruction. He has a memo to prove that they told him, you can't do anything until we tell you. And they were responsible, and now they're not even there to answer for it. They said, right. The guy that was there answering questions, name is um, Robert Salalis. Salalis? Um, he's a, from Homeland Defense, and uh, he was in Department, I guess, Department of Defense before this. But they had, you know, 300 um, National Guard that were on traffic detail, and he was. And General Walker was told they were not even allowed to leave traffic detail to go over there unless he, unless the Secretary of Defense authorized it. So they literally prevented any help from getting there. Well, and I and, was going to check my text, too, because you were texting me earlier about this, but I, I don't know what I did with my phone. But what what was the uh, Flynn connection you were telling me about? So when they asked General Walker who he was on the phone with that, you know, basically wouldn't give him permission to go, there was a, gen- a General Pyatt and a Lieutenant General. And if the first time he says General Mike Flynn. And I was like, what the? F-? Like, I, I almost fell over. I'm like, Mike Flynn? Mike, Mike Flynn, like the QAnon nutbag Trump toady that like that Mike, Mike, why is he on the phone call? Like he's not even in the government now, but it was his brother, Lieutenant General Charles Flynn, mm-hmm. who said they didn't want to send the National Guard in because of optics. Now this Salalsis guy says, well, I talked to him today and General Pyatt said he never mentioned optics. Which is weird because I can't imagine military officials being worried about optics. It doesn't seem like that would be in their realm. Exactly, yeah. The generals wouldn't 
consider the optics. That would be somebody within the White House or or a press secretary or somebody else. I, I can't see uh, the military leadership considering the optics of it. That's a political issue. Well, I will say this, though. Back when Trump did the Bible walk, remember when he took the National Guard out there and, like, they clubbed people that had to clear the way so he could go take a picture of the Bible? Mm-hmm. The commander of the military that was there that day came out, remember, and mm-hmm. said it was a mistake for me to be standing there with a uniform on represented because that is not the proper, that was not the proper use of the military. But that's, I mean, that's a far cry from, like, posing there with a political figure is, is a far cry from securing, you know, um, soft targets in, in D.C., I see. So when he said that in the summertime, I totally that makes sense because that mm-hmm. could be used as a political ca- what, um, yeah. campaign, mm-hmm. commercial, right. or anything. This I can't imagine anybody in the military being like, "Oh, we don't want to put more security here because it's going to look bad to to any threats mm-hmm. out there." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so I, I my personal theory is that, and I said this from way back when, uh, that you know Trump had Flynn. Michael Flynn and Roger Stone and all these wackos, you know, assembling online, radicalizing these people for months, assembling them on buses, bringing them there. This was a giant psychological operation to get these people there to do Trump's bidding. And the reason they believed they were, they didn't have to hide their face. The reason they thought they weren't, because they thought Trump was going to pardon them carte blanche because he was doing their work. Flynn is a tragic, well, I would we'll call him a tragic figure in this, but it's sad to see him fall from grace so much. Uh, was he a three or four star general back yeah. in the 08? Mm-hmm. He was fired by uh, Obama, Obama in 09. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very sour about that. Mm-hmm. Um, slowly became more and more conservative. Then after he got caught up with some shady deals with the Russians, which was awkward, mm-hmm. got caught lying. Mm-hmm. He and lied to Mike Pence as we yeah. got him fired. And mm-hmm. then he just kind of falls off the deep end. He, he takes this victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And then the whole QAnon thing, he just keeps on falling farther and farther from grace. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to the next thing, too. And it's, you know, I mean, maybe this is all just shit I've seen in movies. But is it not required in positions high up like that to ha- to make sure? Like this, his brother... Why is this guy being put in a position of that much power and not being investigated like, well, does this guy have any ties to terrorists or is he mentally sound or does he have any but record? Like, what the fuck? The terrorist is your your brother who's a former general himself who still has, he's never, he's, he was honorably discharged. He was never, he got it pardoned by that time, right? Flynn was pardoned? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. was. Um there would be no reason for the military to, to look into it. No, any but farther. she's saying his brother, who was de- making the decision whether yeah. to. Yeah, his brother wouldn't have any. There would be no reason for them to look into his brother any farther. I just think as soon as they were appointed into any of those positions, that, that, should be, that there should be an eye kept on that. Interest. To, well, to be watching. Well, we'll see how far for. Flynn fell. Like, him and his whole family on right. video giving the oath, um, which was so weird to yeah. watch. And it's so weird to hear see somebody like Michael Flynn do the oath and even um, toy around with something like QAnon. Because you've been in those positions of powers for decades. Right. You would know mm-hmm. if these things were true. Well, I don't think he believes it's true. I think it's a. I think he's manipulating people. I think that, you know, when you get to a certain level of power in the government, the military, wherever, you know, you get used to having that level of power. And when you get fired, 
that's not going to end your need to have power. You know, he, he's sitting there having dinner with Vladimir Putin, for God's sake. He's not going to be demoted and be like a nobody now. And it's something about some of these some of these generals when they leave the military and, and they live, leave that structure, that strict structure, where to be a general, you have to be like Captain America. You have to be... You have to be spot on. You have to be super clean cut and all this. And once they leave that role, and then there's so much money to be made in the private sector. Mm-hmm. And, and what Flynn was caught on tape with the, the, the Russian ambassador saying everything's going to be okay. He was on vacation in, in the Cayman Islands or something. Just happened to run into a Russian. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was living the millionaire lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So to see them go from to be kind of corrupted by the money and and the power after they leave the military is upsetting, but I mean that's like a lot of a lot of people. Uh, the private sector is very oh, yeah. very very powerful. It's lucrative. You see, I mean, we we call them uh, private contractors. They're mercenaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've seen many people in the military talk about getting out and making one hundred twenty, one hundred forty thousand a year, mm-hmm. just Working watching Prince, watching right? a gate. And, and, I know it's killed me. Somebody was saying the other day. I don't know some argument comment section I was in and they're like Trump doesn't like war blah 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 and I'm like you seen this motherfucker's best friend this yeah. motherfucker loves Eric Prince yeah. like number one mercenary company what are you talking about he doesn't love war he wants to privatize it to make money from it so that money is big so let's say you're you're special forces in the military and you're making 50 60,000 a year at the at, at the highest you know, one of the highest ranks you get out 200,000 a year in Iraq for doing easier work than you did you don't have to be clean cut. That that allure of money and power and freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it corrupts the lowest ranks to the highest generals once they get out. And I really can be, can't blame it. It can be dangerous, either. and they still have connections inside the military, like we see Flynn and his brother. And now you you question, or they discuss, or you know, was there any influence right. there still? Well, Salalsis, and I can't say his name right. He um, said, "Well, to be clear." You know, General Pyatt and Lieutenant General um, Flynn didn't have the actual authority to let the guard go. That would have only been the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of the Army. Well, where the hell were they at then? And they're not there now to answer questions. So bottom line is the people that could have sent them weren't able to be reached, and the people that were the people that could have got them were saying, yeah, we don't want to send I them. I don't get so. that either, though. What is you can't be reached? Just because you quit a job doesn't mean that you're not responsible for the shit that happened while you were there. I mean, well, what the fuck? I mean, there's talk about, you know, subpoena, getting a subpoena for them. But I think that um, from what I heard today, um, Gov- uh, Senator Whitehouse will say, and I don't even know if we could get subpoenas in the partisan environment that we're in. So I guess they have to vote on whether they want to subpoena people. See, like you said, why can you come in? If you don't have to testify in front of Congress, you don't testify because lying to Congress is a felony. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm in this position, just don't do it. I can lie about even the simplest thing and find myself in a felony. Like, you know, you could be Bill Clinton and like, no, I never had an affair, mm-hmm. and you can find yourself in prison. So right. if, I, if if I'm a lawyer and, and these are some of my clients, nah, let them be a subpoena. Oh, they can't a subpoena. <laughs> oh, they can't <laughs> a subpoena. Oh. I'm sorry to hear that. You guys have the power. We don't. Hey, it's too bad. Well, and then um, there was one interesting, you know, outtake from the uh, questioning of Christopher Ray mentioning White House. So I guess when, you know, the FBI or anybody appears before Congress, they can say, well, if you don't have that information, could you please get it to us? And like, you're supposed to 
get it to them. I'm just saying, I want to know what the, <laughs> I want to know what the different levels of this is because I'm, I'm a little salty here for a second. Because um, I got subpoenaed last month <laughs> and I didn't really have any choice in that shit. So I'm like, how are these motherfuckers just like, nah. Like, we're just like, not hey. going to do it. We're just not going to issue it. Like, what do you mean you can't get a subpoena? Why? Did, What's stumping them? Why do well, they have to vote on it? They didn't have to. I mean, a judge didn't even order the subpoena that I got served. It was just from an attorney. And I, but it was court ordered. I couldn't just say no. Pri- was it a uh, private? It wasn't a criminal case, right? No. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's why. So for criminal cases. I mean, yeah, because I guess they figure like your your life and freedoms at stake for a criminal case. Maybe the higher bar. Or I don't. Know, I gotta look into that. What yeah, are the requirements though. to issue a subpoena in the different types of cases? Well, but yeah, I guess Congress, um, you're being tried by like just not like a court, you're like a whole chamber uh, of Congress. I'm assuming it takes more. You think it would take less? Like fuck, we got the power. We're issuing. Well, a then subpoena. you have like one congressman like calling in a hundred witnesses that that don't mean anything to anybody. That's true. That is true. I guess yeah, I can't get that. too political, but like, um, you know, White House was saying today to Christopher Ray, he was like, you know, well, before we get started on the, uh, the the insurrection, do you know how many times we've submitted questions when you've appeared here before Congress that you've just, just not ever answered them? And Christopher Ray was like, no. And he goes, seven. There are seven times that we've asked you, and you know how many answers we've got? Zero. And he was pissed. And he's like railing on him saying, you know, what, what's, your, what's your answer for that? And he was basically like, I don't have one. I'll see the fifth. And he was like, you know, well, fifth. he was like, well, you know, it's a very complicated process when we have to, you know, go through all this interagency, blah, 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 blah. And White House was like, really? Because when the Republicans wanted information and Trump wanted information to investigate the people that investigated him, you had no trouble streamlining the information over to the Republicans. So that is a bunch of crap. So I was like, Meow. yeah, maybe I'm just too all uh, up in this uh, Marvel universe right now because I'm watching all these Marvel movies. But like, and I know you've never seen them, but there's like, a, there's like this organization called Hydra. They're like Hitler, Hydra. like they're like Nazis or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like the Nazis of the Marvel universe. And then like, there's this American force called Shield, which is kind of like FBI, CIA type organization. And then like in one of the movies, you find out that like Hydra has actually infiltrated Shield and they control it all. And I'm like, man, this shit's happening in america right now <laughs> like i mean no it's seriously deep that you know from, there's some deep shit going on we've know, been infiltrated when everybody was watching it on tv we we're just like dude trump set this shit up right and then you're like well you just hate people would say like you just hate trump so you're gonna see what you want to see but literally now we know every step of the way you know what happened so it's it's clear this was a serious this was an actual coup to overthrow the united states government like well we're just like yeah it's tuesday we moved on like what the fuck i don't think i don't think trump's this this mastermind of all this but i do think people like general flynn and and some of these other people are highly intelligent we're talking about generals are like ivy league professors smart most of the time like they are highly intelligent individuals um, so it's kind of sad to see him get caught up in some silly stuff like this. So when Flynn gets caught up in this whole investigation, it's um, convicted. It shows me that he's also arrogant. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not far-fetched for me to believe somebody like him has private conversations with one or two people that won't talk. And they set up the checkers, not checkers, but the uh, dominoes mm-hmm. just right. 
and they just assume they're going to fall right in the right direction. And I believe they're smart enough to do this, so it'll never get back to them. You set, you set it up so much, and, and you hit that last domino, and I think it's time it didn't fall exactly how they wanted it to. Like that crowd with the cop that, that diverts them to the other direction. Mm-hmm. That domino just went to the left instead of the right. And mm-hmm. if the domino goes to the right, it's a whole different government. Right. And this isn't an investigation anymore because Pence, in- Pence gets taken out mm-hmm. and a few senators get taken out. And that's more than enough for the the, the uh, president to, to, to call for emergency powers. Mm-hmm. So it's not far-fetched me to, for me to believe that they didn't actively do too much, but they did enough that a reasonable person would believe that this would be it. Mm-hmm. We'll just do this, and the rest of them will do the, they'll do the rest. Right. They're angry enough, and they'll do the rest. Well, and I also think, too, that part of the, the strategy was that if they went in there and they literally terrorized Congress for a couple of hours, had them hiding in the dark, afraid to breathe too loud, that they would just be like, let's just, let's just let fuck it. Let's just let, it, let Trump have it. Just let him have it. Just I don't think that's. I don't. I personally don't think that's the case. You don't think that they were going to terrorize no. him? No, I, I think, think so. they. They literally were going to kill him. You think? I think yo, the people that ran in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were going to. Man, try to hurt them or kill them, but I don't think that they were. I, I don't think that even if they. I mean, that's not how our government works. Even if they intimidated them in the moment, it's not like they're just going to get it. I think the bloodlust. You get into a crowd. Well, yeah, a I mean, mob mentality. The, so, the sociology of it, the mob mentality. Uh, the anger that the beliefs that they have, this whole QAnon thing, where you're doing mm-hmm. it because these are evil people. They're, they're barely even e- the people. Human, right? They're not. I mean, they're, they're subhuman. They they torture mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. I think let's just say they they catch AOC in the in the hallway or, or uh, um, Pelosi in the hallway or Schumer in the hallway or anyone um, Omar in the hallway. They don't survive that encounter. No, Probably never. Not. Nope. They do not survive that counter. Mm-hmm. But like what you're saying about plausible deniability, you know, by Trump setting it up the way that he did, and maybe this is what his secret conversation with Putin that nobody was there to ever record what was said between the two of them. Because they say Vladimir Putin does this too. You know, he, he never gives a direct order to go and assassinate somebody or do something. He just makes it known what he wants to happen. Well, Trump's really good at that too. So they can never actually be pinned on him. And if Trump, you know, has Roger Stone who is a master manipulator, a master orchestrator of these. I mean, he worked for Nixon. I mean, he's a master orchestrator. Yeah, this is the guy with the fucking uh, tattoo of Nixon, Nixon tattoo on his back. Oh, what so a psycho. Creepy, man. So he's, cringe. He's beyond creepy. But yeah, he. Um, I think that him working with Alex Jones, who's another psychological manipulator, they, they, they could get these people to be like Manchurian candidates. So it could be like, well, we can, couldn't control what they did. I don't think you need Alex Jones. I think all you need is a bunch of bots online. Who knows who QAnon is? Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they're done. It seems like they're, they're, uh, there's been uh, speculation who it is, and uh, even the, even if they figure out who it was, they could easily be manipulated. I don't think you need to be a master manipulator. I, um, I think by the time January hit, all you had to do is move certain things places, like certain things in certain places, mm-hmm. like the National Guard thing. Had the right people on the right on the stage saying the the, the right things like the president did, mm-hmm. and I think they reasonably thought that okay, there's what 100 cops around the, the Capitol right now, and there's 150,000 people out here angry. <coughs> we got this. Mm-hmm. This is it. 
Well, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's, be- who's, who's become famous in the last, you know, I since like that. Infamous. Infamous. She actually put out a video when I first saw it. I thought that it was December 2020, but it was actually December 2019. And she was saying to, to people, this is before she ever got elected, you know, if we go to Washington, and we storm the Capitol and there's so many of us, if we just flood it with people, there's nothing they can do. Like she mm-hmm. was telling people that like two years ago. That's my issue with oh, the media when they cover Congress and congressmen and senators. They, they, they cover the, the ones that are the most outspoken and the most outrageous and never the best and the brightest. Mm-hmm. Oh, or at least, at least most of the time, you know. A, AOC, I wouldn't say, is like probably the best and the brightest, but she definitely speaks to a, uh, the younger generation, mm-hmm. you know. But people like Green is just getting attention because she's outrageous. Or that mm-hmm. was like douchebag from Florida. With the weird hair and the plastic oh, face. Oh, Matt Getz. Getz, yeah. Yeah. Getz. He's, not, he's not exceptional. He's not an exceptional congressman. Yeah, those, people, those people need to be looked into, too, because it's just crazy that when all that shit was going on, you know, you have these images of people cowering in fear in the Capitol, and then They're when, they, when they came back in, Getz and, and uh, what, the, what the fuck's the other tweeb's name? Holly. Yeah, they're just fine. Plausible yeah. They weren't worried because they they well, know they knew they well, were. Well, they were fine. they were celebrities, right. so they know they they if they were if they were approached they they got found by a mob. They're like, oh my goodness, it's Gates, and right. they would yeah. celebrate them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's well, a fucking problem. Those people know, need to be looked at. The, well, actually, the FBI might be looking into the connections between the Congress members of Congress and the insurrectionists because, you know, Ali Alexander, who was one of the organizers of Stop the Steal, said that three congressman helped him to organize it now you know he names who they are the two of them was from arizona and the other one was mo brooks but um there are people looking into that and when they held these investigative hearings it was so funny because holly and ted cruz and mike lee the only thing they had questions they had for christopher ray was did you collect information from cell phone towers? Did you have warrants to do that? Who authorized you to do that? Did you get um, information from Bank of America? Did Bank of America like voluntarily give you the information about who was purchased and things? Like that? So they're fucking. They're so worried because their shit is in there. Nobody would care at all if this was a terrorist attack. You know that wasn't on Congress on, on liberals. If this was a terror, if this was like a Islamic extremist terrorist attack, nobody in Congress would ask. These questions, we would just be like, "Oh, the NSA's at it again." Yeah, and anybody in Congress that even had somewhat of a foreign-sounding name would have immediately been ejected. So the fact that these people are still there and serving—it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like we've proven these people subscribe to and are associated with the same terrorists that attacked the Capitol. Why are they still allowed in here? Well, you know, my my belief is that Google, um, at some point, became the CIA. Google. You think Google is in with the CIA? I think they, I don't think they have a choice to be. I, I think that After during the, the Obama uh, administration, I think that you know he contracted Google to store uh, the U.S. information, like analytics. Was, I think that's before that. I think, no, I think the Patriot it wasn't guy. analytics. I think it was um, you know CIA information. Like I think they were contracted, and so they well the whole development of Google was funded by the military too, so. You know, well, the Patriot. I didn't know that. The yeah. Patriot Act pretty much covers all that, right? Yeah, I mean, right. Like the Patriot I, I would Act. Say Patriot if, Act covers everything. You know, they can they can get any information they want from these companies. So the so the bottom line is, you know, you leave a digital signal mm-hmm. everywhere you go. 
your location, GPS, pinpointed text oh, yeah. messages. And, you know, these fans. these goobers. <laughs> Woo! Sorry. I'm these, a fan. These goobers that got arrested are going to crack like a nut and be like, oh, here's if, if, if you gonna five years off my sentence. Here's my cell phone. I'll tell you anything. Well, they don't even need their cell phone by that time. Yeah, they don't even. They don't even I know, but shit. I'm just saying, like they can if they get the metadata because they were all concerned about the metadata, trying to find out who's texting who, right? But they can't read the text messages unless they get them off the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah, because they don't they don't store that shit for that long. And also, you have encrypted right. apps and WhatsApp, right. WhatsApp, right. yeah. Well, and then at one point, which is good. I'm not saying it's a bit negative thing. Yeah, no, definitely not. At one point, um. I think it was Holly asked Christopher Ray, is the FBI pressuring tech companies to put back doors in their, uh, you know, cell phones and different things to make sure that you can get access to it? And he said, well, I don't think pressuring is the right word. He said, well, are you encouraging them to do that? He said, listen, the FBI should not have an open door to get into your data. But, you know, a lot of the investigations that we do in child trafficking, for example, and he and I think Christopher Ray picked that specifically buzzwords because the Republicans and these QAnon people is all about child trafficking, right? Well, they pretend to be, yeah. Okay, but they're all about the pedophiles. And, and Christopher Ray said, if it ever gets to the point where end end encryption is the way that these tech companies go, it doesn't matter how egregious or horrific or the crime is or how many victims there are, we will not be able to help you. They be, people will never be found out. They'll never be convicted. Yeah. They'll never be brought to justice. We'll never be able to stop a terrorist attack if everything is 100% yeah. secret. I'll tell you, and that's, I think that's a fascinating thing to, to, to talk about because I remember last year when uh, Escape Children was such a huge thing and people were like, oh, you know, they can, they can figure out who's dealing drugs, but they can't figure out, or they can tap a terrorist phone, but they can't figure out who's doing uh, um, child trafficking. Uh, but then you look into it and you're like, wait, anytime the NSA or the FBI or the CIA catches something that isn't under their investigation, like child trafficking, they just can't act on that. But what they can do, since it's not the same uh, um, warrant, but what they can do is give a hint to another agency and be like, hey, there might be some child trafficking here at the Moto 8, mm-hmm. and they have to open up a, diff- a different investigation. And that's pretty, that's pretty, I think anybody, any reasonable person, would say that that's a positive, you know. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, let's not forget that these same people that are crying right now because they're worried about their own metadata and their own text messages convicting them of stuff they shouldn't have been doing. Their president is the one who started all this shit. The Patriot Act, the, the domestic surveillance of the NSA, that was all, that was all the Patriot Act, guys. That was all your guy that started that shit. Of course, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a party thing because that might have been Bush, but Obama renewed it, so it's well, like that's true. And that's true. The, the past that's Congress true. That's with true. flying colors, they love yeah, it. Yeah, they love that shit. And somebody like me, that I, I look at that and I I, I see the issues and, and uh, slippery slopes and and ethical problems, but there hasn't been a major terrorist attack in twenty years. If you plan anything with more than one person. You will get caught. I constantly see stories on CNN every two or three months of, it, of somebody getting caught. So unless you're planning it with one person in a room, like just you and me talking, and there's no mics around, it's not going to work. But do you count um, like the shooting at the Walmart in um, what was that, New Mexico, where no. they shot and killed? No, I don't consider the one, Was that one person? And he killed like 20-some people. You one don't person? consider that a terrorist? Just no. a mass shooting? Well, I, well when I say terrorist attack, I mean like organized terrorist attack. 
Mm-hmm. Like if it's one person, you can't stop one person. You well, can't. not only that, there'll, there'll too, never be like, a stop for that. The whole thing about a, a terrorist attack, I think, is that it's tied to some type of ideal, you know, yeah. ideology. Well, you, exactly, that but they're saying it. that. But but that guy was motivated by racist ideology, yeah. and what they were saying in all three of these meetings, these investigative meetings, was that white supremacy is the most persistent, yes. the most widespread, the most dangerous domestic terror ideology that's going on right now the first murder in 20 years was committed by an by a uh, what do you call an anarchist an antifa mm-hmm. person one person killed <laughs> and I he shot you. a protester and then someone shot him and that was it yeah. um, but you know they said the number of you know mass killing events at synagogues and at oh yeah know, houses but of worship's up it's insane it, it, it's it's definitely insane um I mean, you'll never be able to stop lone, lone wolf attacks. Like they that. did talk about that. You're right. They it's, said it's that's impossible. the biggest thing because it's not a person organizing to do it. It's yeah. just inspira- inspiration. It's well, a, and I think they're, they're inspired things, and they do it on their own. They could do things that I think prevent that, but we've seen the flaws in our own system that way. A lot of these shootings, which I can't quote on my phone right now, but I know there's been so many of them that have come out that, like, like the Nashville bomber, which I mean, nobody was killed in that, but lone wolf act, and they were like, oh yeah, we had red flags upon this guy. He had been yeah. reported, and it's like. Goes under the radar. But you also you get to like it's, these things go under the radar all the time because nobody cares if, it, if it's been thwarted. But you, I've constantly read stories of, of white supremacy groups and also um, um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, military esque militia militia Militias. groups yeah. getting arrested for for planning bombings. Yes, yeah, and that's because they try to plan with more than one person. Yeah, and and I don't want I hate to like defend the Patriot Act. But man, it, it seems like it is kind of effective. Like the worst, one of the worst shootings we had was uh, the one, uh, the, mother, the the husband and wife that shot up the, the office building. That was out in California. Yeah, the yeah. San Bernardino shooting, but, shootings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still, it's still just two people in the same household talking amongst each other. Right. It's really, it's almost nearly impossible to organize an attack like nine eleven. Wouldn't it just you? Almost impossible to do nowadays. Well, the thing about the 9-11, without going down a rabbit hole on that one, was the FBI was actually tracking mm-hmm. those people, and then they stopped tracking them. Yeah. Like, that's the only conspiracy theory I like to like. I'll I'll give precedence to. That was a weird day. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. That's a whole different. Like I'm sure you yes. haven't talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different. But the Pulse nightclub shooting. There was someone who had reported that guy, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, mm-hmm. school shooting. That guy had pulled a gun mm-hmm. on his neighbor and stuck it yeah. in his face. Like, it's not like these people. People are saying, oh, he was such a nice guy. Yeah, like, no one's like, saying oh, no. that. We definitely <laughs> saw it coming. It was just a time bomb, ticking time bomb. And it's like, all right, well, great. So we fucking just let that go. Like, still just, yeah, but still just like, one of the wolves are impossible. Yeah. As long as they're, as long as, as, long as I mean, I'm not anti gun or pro gun control because I don't think it would work at all, anyways. But, but the only thing, though, about like the Nashville, sh- this is what I don't understand about the Nashville guy. Okay. So, when his girlfriend reported that he was building bombs in the RV, they said they went there and looked and they looked around, but they didn't have just cause to get a search warrant. Yeah, okay. to me, that's and, bullshit. Yeah, but laws. If are she laws, literally though. saw it with her eyes and signs an affidavit saying I saw him building bombs, that's that's probable cause to go in and search the Wait, shit. Is it illegal just to build a bomb though? That's like yes, the right to bear arms, though, right? No, no, no. explosives no. aren't explosives are not included in that. What? I no, can, I got a tank. Can uh-uh. I? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No. Denied. Denied. So anyhow, even if you couldn't get a warrant to search the RV, 
you how many places sell explosive shit you can't be tracking his mail and shit you can't be looking to see be like hey uh mr postman like you, you ever deliver a package of him, like from some kind of lab with some explosive? Might have explosive. Well, certain you can buy. I know after uh, Oklahoma, you can buy a certain amount of Money fertilizer. Nitrate, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's what I'm amazing. saying. Like it just seemed to me like they didn't put a whole lot of effort into that Nashville shit. Like thankfully no. nobody died in that. But I know, that was I'm some not massive be, devastation. That's a weird thing to do, especially at that time of day. He could have did it any time of day, and he did it at four o'clock in the morning. It was no, six a.m. Six a.m. But he yeah. announced to like get away from the area. Yeah, he wasn't trying to hurt anybody, which is polite. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess if you're not so trying to strange. hurt anybody, you're just trying to send a message. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a hard that. gold. All right, well, not <laughs> no, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke, everybody. Don't. don't well, that's spending too much me. time. We got a couple more. We want so. Okay, so Arizona then, versus DNC. Yeah, so this that? was a really important Supreme Court case where um, it concerned the collection of ballots in Arizona. And, I mean, before we go into that, just a little bit of background. So, um, you know, when slavery was abolished, black people got the right to vote in 1870. It was ratified in 1870, the 15th Amendment, that gave black people the right to vote. And um, didn't quite work out that way because states continued to make these bullshit laws to suppress the vote. And then in 1965, Lyndon B. Johnson signed in the Voting Rights Act, which was supposed to, like, put a lid finally on all these whack-a-mole cases where the states would make a law that would disenfranchise people and then they would go to Supreme Court and they'd be like, no, you can't do that. Violates the 15th Amendment. And it was just like another one would pop. They'd make up some other way to disenfranchise. So this has been a war on voters from day one. So the case in Arizona involved... Well, the, wrong, the wrong kind of voters. The right, wrong, yeah. Exactly, the wrong kind of voters. Um, so the case in Arizona is important because... It involves the collecting of ballots by other people. And out there, a lot of Native Americans live on a reservation, are far from the Postal Service. They don't have regular mail pickup. Um, and it's, it's a burden to them to, to go in to try to vote. So people collect their ballots. And the state of Arizona made this illegal. So that's what the case is about. And, you know, we all know that Trump packed a court with a bunch of conservatives, you know. And when I listened to it, I really expected them to be sympathetic to the Republicans' arguments about why they shouldn't allow ballot harvesting. But they were pretty hostile <laughs> to their logic. I think because, I mean, when you listen to Supreme Court argument, the, the thing I find fascinating about it is all the people involved are extremely smart, whether you would agree with them politically or not. They're very, all very smart people. So when you come in there with an argument, it really very quickly gets whittled down to whose argument is really bullshit. <laughs> And it's a lot of legal jargon, and sometimes it's hard to kind of listen to it. But when you get those moments where you're just like, oh, no, you're actually, you're, they're actually putting you down right now. Your idea is just a bad idea. So the Republicans were trying to make the argument that, you know, asking people to leave their house and go to the polls is just like an ordinary, normal burden of voting. So then Justice Kagan, and she is the, one of the liberal justices, she's like, okay, well, let me ask you this. So if you put all of the polling places in country clubs, do you think that that would be equal access? And, he, and, and the Republican lawyer is like, well, no, you know, because obviously you would have like, um, you know, people of color would have to drive farther. They would have to go into an area where they would feel like it was more hostile to them. So no, that wouldn't be fair. 
Okay, thanks for answering that question. Next question, if you have two areas and one is um, you know, predominantly white area and the other one has a racial diversity and you have one polling station for the million people that live there, <laughs> do you have three polling stations for the place? And this actually happened in 2020, right? We saw the lines in Texas, Harris County, Texas, and Georgia. We saw these lines 10, 11, 12 hours. The people of color got to stand in line of wait, and white people's going in like they ain't even in line. You just walk in, you just like walk in whenever it's your leisure. So we know that all these methods are being employed by Republicans to disenfranchise people because the only way they can win is by stopping people from voting. Like it's it's out of the box now. Everybody knows this. So I think the justices really saw through this as the bullshit that it is. Um, they had no, absolutely no proof whatsoever that this collection of ballots was leading to any kind of fraud. They'd never proven that. So, um, you know, when, then what it came down to was the only way they challenged the Democratic side was, okay, well, you know, we could argue that if a, a voting place is, you know, at what point does it really become convenience versus it's actually a burden? And, um, you know, the, the Republican lawyers, uh, Cart, Carvin was the one lawyer's name. They had no problem saying that it's totally fine if we make you u- utilize a form of voting that is a lot of work for you. As long as you can vote, you haven't been disenfranchised. And that was just so ignorant. I'm like, how are you going to go in there and literally say, well, we're not actually denying you. Like with literally literacy tests, they used to have literacy tests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the surface, you could say a literacy test is not race-based uh, because a white person who can't read, they're not getting to vote either. But it disproportionately affects people of color. So when you look at housing laws, when you look at, um, you know, employment law, they employ this test to say, well, even if the rule that you're putting out there isn't specifically about race, if it inadvertently causes a proven disadvantage to people of color, it's still racist. So... They were saying, you know, it's obvious that if you implement this law that says that you cannot collect these Native American people's ballots, you are disenfranchising them. And, you know, to, to hear people saying, well, we don't really feel that way because, you know, it's okay for them to have to work 10 times harder to vote. That was just disgusting. And I felt the hostility. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that they're, I don't think they're going to rule in favor of the Republicans on that one. No. And it's funny because you look back at the, uh, 2020 election, and anybody that wasn't going for re-election or had um, voters to try to please on the right, uh, Republicans, we're talking about um, represent- not representatives, but people in positions, judges and state officials that just had to do their job. Right. All sided with the voters. Mm-hmm. Anytime they saw, you know, something about conspiracy theory or, or complaint, they, they always sided with the voters. Um, and I assume that's be the same case with the Supreme Court. It's it's easy to lie to yourself if you know your political future is at risk. You know, like Ted right. Cruz mm-hmm. knows his political future is at risk, so he will go out there and, and knowingly lie to the people. And one of the biggest lies, what was it? Like, oh my goodness, you know, the only way that Biden can come back from like that, it's like one in a trillion chance. Yeah, I guess so, if the same demographics were voting by mail. But we know that the demographics between voting by mail Absolutely. and in person were, were, were totally different. You know, I, and a lot of people I knew, voted by mail just to spite Trump. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds silly, yeah. but I was like, wait, I can vote by mail and it's easier mm-hmm. and he doesn't like it? Screw that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I vote by mail. And I know a lot of people from Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh did the same thing. So, um, elected officials will use that, that, that uh, um, argument. Ted Cruz, Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Gates. Like, oh, there's a one in, like, you know, a million chance for this to happen. Yeah, I guess so. But it's not an honest ar- argument. Right. But it seems like anybody on the right and any Republican that didn't have a stake in this mm-hmm. all agreed with mm-hmm. the voters and, and current voting law. And anytime you try to pass a law for something that doesn't seem to be a problem, it's, it's always suspect. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's always a, a weird motivation there. It's a little mm-hmm. sus. Well, now they're actually investigating Trump for ele- election fraud. They should because won. of that, because because of the, because Georgia. the phone call, yeah, and because they're saying that was yeah, tampering. that's like black and white. Dude. I came. That's not a bigger deal right now. And uh, after the uh, December, no, January fourth was fourth, right? Or was it sixth? The sixth was the, the right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the right. It kind of fell back into the wayside. Mm-hmm. They didn't forget about it, but they they can't forget <laughs> about that. That was insane. that was some serious shit. Oh, I think he took us to a level of, like, it's like an abusive relationship where stuff gets normalized. I think, like, after having Trump for so long, we just haven't realized, like, how bad it was. Oh, sure. I'll tell you, the six was, like, the the sexier, more exciting headline. And probably they were more pumped up about impeaching him for that. Mm Mm-hmm. That phone call would have been an easier thing to prove. Oh, absolutely. And they didn't even, nobody mentioned that. And this is the first time I've talked about it since, what was that? A week before the uh, D.C. riot? Yeah. That was a major, major phone call that nobody even mentions. I know. I was starting to feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Like, you know, I go into work after that shit, and I'm like, man, did you guys hear about that? And they're like, no, what? And I'm like, what the fuck? Where? What? <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm I'm dreaming. I'm like in yeah, a coma the, right uh, now. I'm the, gonna wake up. The attorney general, who's a prosecutor, I forget her name. She, it's a, it's a, a black woman. She said that, you know, the thing that makes it kind of like a slam dunk is the fact that when he called up, he specifically said, "I need to find eleven thousand. But I gave the exact I need amount. To find. Exact. So that she said that proves that he was doing it." Not because he suspect suspected there was it was off by some number. Or it's the right thing to do. <laughs> I see you find me enough to, to get me to the lead. Yes. I mean, I, holy I, shit. Plain as day. Like, I, I don't need you to do the right thing. I just need you to put me back in the lead. Find me these votes somewhere. And uh, for him to even go to CPAC and to win the straw poll and, and not to be, there's no controversy around that. It's, it's kind of tragic. It is. It's a little weird. It's very weird. And, uh, man, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like a conservative that's been like, oh, man, I can't wait till Clinton gets charged or wait when Obama gets out, watch these, these indictments mm-hmm. are coming down. Because every time I expect this from Trump, like I haven't seen any indictments yet or any charges, and I, I expect them to come soon. But I always question myself, am I one of these weird guys that are like, oh, wait, Obama's going to oh, jail. just wait. Yeah. Or, or are these things real? Because to me, they seem very real. I feel like there's but definitely. maybe it's my bias, but man. I feel like there's definitely um, a lot of good reason and f- facts and evidence to back that all up. And there's no reason it shouldn't happen. But I've kind of just gotten used to. Um, anybody who isn't a conservative, I don't want to say like just Democrats because I don't really consider myself part of that demographic either. 
but just uh just anybody who isn't on the right or in the conservative group just getting shit on like we just don't we just let that shit happen i mean the fact that even now that biden's like oh we can't help americans with this coronavirus bill we want it to be bipartisan i'm like listen jack it's not this is work it doesn't have to be bipartisan yeah no it doesn't have no, to be but that's what he wants yeah. and it's like I'm sorry, did we not just endure four years of bullshit and now you're already like, no, let's kiss and make up. Like, I get there has to be a certain amount of that, but are you fucking kidding me? If the American people wanted to be bipartisan, it would have been 50-50, but it's not 50-50. This is why the Republicans win, because when they're in power, they steamroll over people and they accomplish things that make their base happy. I'm sick of losing and laying down and being like, well, that happened and we just have to take it and we're not going to do anything to change it. Like, because that's what the fucking Democratic Party does every time. I'm just waiting like, the court cases, the New York um, district attorney. Mm-hmm. There's some weird tax things going on. There, there's definitely some weird tax things going on. Right, what's Cohen, what? Cohen like mentioned a lot of things that were weird. Mm-hmm. The election lawsuits, the uh, campaign finance reforms. I'm sitting here like, am I one of these people that? Well, that are, and, and honestly, if you stop and think about it, when all the Russia investigation was mm-hmm. going on, and there was obviously bazillions of pieces of evidence in that case, no matter what the right wing tries to sweep it under the carpet. Look how many people went to jail. Yeah. So everybody but Trump went to jail on that shit. So I'm sitting here like patiently waiting to see if any charges are filed. And I worry, am I like one of those lock them up people? No, but listen, if if this is what I tell, if Trump gets convicted of something and goes to jail and they go, well, there's no statute of limitations. So guess what? We have evidence Hillary did something illegal. Good. That's fine. No, yeah. And I think most Democrats don't care. No, I don't think they do. Like, we just want like, corruption yeah. dealt with. We don't care which yeah. side it's on. If Obama gets caught, Bill Clinton. I think most people, most Democrats, especially millennials and younger, they have lost all love for Bill Clinton. I, I don't think we care about Yeah, that. Clinton's aren't shit Yeah, I don't think anybody cares about Bill Clinton. And Gen Z probably yeah. doesn't even know anything about, they don't care about Yeah, Clinton's. nobody cares about Bill Clinton anymore. Mm-hmm. If Obama... Who is probably is insanely clean. Okay, I can say that. <laughs> Biden can't say he's clean, <laughs> but I will say insanely. And obviously, so he knew what, that he couldn't mess up, and he didn't mess up. But if he ever gets caught with something, so be it. But it seems like that's not the same with with, with Trump. It's it's if he got caught and charged, they would take it personally. Yep. And I don't have any connection with Hillary. Um, AOC. Yeah, I love this um, meme. But the problem is when you're willing to hold your own party accountable, you end up with shit like we we told Al Franklin to hit the bricks because he had some inappropriate photos and the next president we get is a serial... uh, He was was president when it happened. Al Franklin? No, no, no. Trump was president when it happened. Right, but what I'm saying is his own party was like, Oh yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Now they're telling Cuomo, you gotta go. Yeah. You know, but... Then the, the Republicans, it's like they, instead of virtue signaling, it's like they vice signaled. You know? I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They I cheer it, it on. To, uh, they embrace it. With the election laws and that stuff, I, I think part of them knows that they are a dying party. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. now, for sure. And this Trump movement is a dying movement. And, and, you know, fuck your feelings is a dying sentiment. That's a death Because yeah. they, they are on social media now, and it's a smaller world to them now. And they're noticing their jokes about about minorities and, and gays and trans people. There's pushback, mm-hmm. and there's more and more to pushback, and there's more and more people that are bucking that lifestyle, that 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 mental the mentality that they have. Mm-hmm. So that's why they cl- I'm gonna say cling, they they cling to, to Trump as this idol figure, and also they 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 take all this stuff personally. Mm-hmm. 
because this is the last, you know, the straw. Yeah, the level of the level that they take that shit personally blows my mind. I love all the memes that are going around where you know, like I've been bitching about the stimulus thing because I'm like, where's my fucking money, yeah. Joe? And they're yeah, like, oh, Joe. you voted for him, and I was like, yeah. And yeah. guess what? Like, just like the meme said, I'm not going to put the fucker's name on a hat and wear it. Like, yeah. I'm good on that. Like, but, but Trump did give the, the Republican Party, Jermaine's right, the, the, they, he did give the Republican Party an infusion of enthusiasm. They had nobody wanting, because they're the party of big business. They're for rich people, tax breaks for rich people, deregulation, nothing to help the, the actual worker. They're union haters. You know what I mean? They don't, so there's nothing really in it so they have to do a populist movement that's all they got like trump is their last hope at getting people to go out and vote out of a sense of yay that's our guy because who's who else is their guy no, nobody man. they have nothing they cling on and it's and <laughs> they, they, they cling on every like controversy and they mock they mock liberals and the left for being offended but it all takes is one right-wing <laughs> person to write about mr potato head and I have to hear about this for a week. Over, I know, Jesus. And, and, or, or Dr. Zeus, and, and they hold on to it, and, and that's their last refuge is this, this anger over cancel culture, the cancellation of these, you know, these these jokes, these gay jokes they made as a kid, this this old America that they used to know twenty years ago, and that's that's all they have is don't you hate this cancel culture? You know, mm-hmm. you Which is funny you too. I'll have to send you the article uh, Mick wrote about how funny it is that conservatives are all concerned with cancel culture, considering like conservatives created the moral majority. Oh man, Dixie Chicks, amazing. Went after them. Amazing triplet. I didn't amazing even think triplet. about them when I wrote that article. Trio. Oh, amazing. Remember when they wanted to cancel rock music because it was satanic? Yeah. And it yeah, was like, yeah. they went on a big thing about, Man. like, they wanted, that's how records got labeled and all that shit. This crazy. wrote one of the most patriotic songs I've heard was Traveling Soldier. Yo, that stuff makes me tear up. They canceled them yep. over one statement about the president, who most of them mocked today. Mm-hmm. When Trump mocks um, Bush, they're like, yes, fuck Bush. <laughs> right. And guess what? Dixie Chicks still can't sell out a concert. <laughs> And they make classics. I'm not a country fan, but I say, hey, Dixie Chicks are amazing. Or they're just the chicks now. Mm-hmm. And they're still like D-list celebrities when they used to be A-list. Yeah. So, come Cancel on now. Well, I remember Sean Hannity saying the view should be taken off the air. Like, Trump was talking about using the FCC to yank sh- license if they didn't take certain shows out. So, they are all about cancel. Oh, they culture. love So, it. they don't care about democracy. They, 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 want, they want a strong man. Which is crazy, too, because the more I was reading about that Mr. Potato Head thing, it really had nothing about... Uh, it's literally not at all what they're trying to make it. Like, I guess they were just rebranding all of them because they've got, like, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. And they got Baby Potatoes now. So, they were just, like... Basically, like... I'm thinking it was probably a marketing thing because they're like, oh, we can put them all in the same box. Yeah. What it was, it was supposed to say Potato Head on top. And on the corner, it said Mr., Mrs., and Baby. That's, that's so what they're throwing So you're like, hey, it's the, it's the potato head. You can make it to anything you want to. And since it said it didn't say Mr. But it all, t- all it takes is one reporter to yeah. report it like that. And then catches the legs and, and people with this false outrage. And then, and then it comes to this horrible attack on, on, on transgender people and that whole thing. And man, and it's weird because... Oh, I keep on saying it's weird. It's a ticker mind. But... Uh, <laughs> They will act offended by this, and and they will act victimized, and, and post a hundred memes. But they can't understand the concerns or fears of, of trans people across the nation. No, no, like you'll, you'll meme and say, "Oh my goodness, 
my lifestyle and uh, my way of living and who America's changing as I can't say Mr. Potato Head but you know somebody who's trans trying to go to a bar has to fear for their lives sometimes mm-hmm. they don't see that connect- they, there's no, no empathy mm-hmm. there total disconnection no total dis- disconnection but they're the victims because people are asking them to, to use different pronouns or or you know yeah, which blows my mind, too, because I feel like those people that are hardcore like that have to live in some type of echo chamber. And my favorite thing to do to them when people try to say things to be like, oh, did you hear about this Mr. Potato Head thing? Such bullshit. And I'm like, really? I'm like, who have you talked to personally that is actually upset about that? What liberal do you know that this is their agenda? Because like me personally, I'm mm-hmm. still just pissed off that I can't get health insurance for a decent well, price. Well, it's a straw so- man. If they make liberals into shallow people who only care about ridiculous well, things saying, it's easy like, to these are also us. the same people that are bitching that like everybody on the left is a sheep that listens to the news and i'm like besides what you've read on the news what person name one single person you've met that is actually upset about this you can't because you don't know anybody also, a lot some liberals and my my facebook feed is mostly liberals but there's still about 10 percent, 15 percent that i feel like fall into this trap and with the Dr. Zeus thing, like they were like, oh, yeah, he was a horrible person. We shouldn't, teach, we shouldn't, like, we shouldn't teach this to our kids. And I'm like, wait, first off, I don't believe in canceling anybody that can't cash a check. Right. What, the, what, the, what, what are we going to do? Mess his money up? He's dead. He's been dead for 20 yeah. years. What are you doing? <laughs> right. Michael Jackson's been dead for 10 years. He's horrible. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'll, I'll cancel R. Kelly all day. But I, I don't believe in canceling somebody that can't benefit from, from their old art. Yeah. And especially somebody so wholesome as Dr. Seuss. And and second off, you look into his, his, his history, he was Antifa, practically. He was side with the far left more than he would the right far right right now. If you look at his old cartoons, post the racial stuff, in the forties and fifties, he seemed like he grew. And he was rather uh, liberal by most right. of his things. Yeah, I think sometimes people on the left forget that, you know, I think genuine change, especially in those times, was and is possible. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's it was a lot of culture. And just like the other day, you were posting about uh, the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah. And I watched that. And I was like, uh, oh, my you, God. You saw that before? No, never seen was that. It all that at Rabbit Stew. That was yeah. the precursor of Elmer Fudd. And it was a Step and Fetch um, um, parody, sort of. They used Step and Fetch as, like, the basis. And the most, have you ever seen it? I'm not sure which one. It's uh, um, all that at Rabbit Stew. It came out in 1941. It was a. Uh, it's that Elmer Fudd. It was this uh, little black uh, character. Oh no, huh? And no. it was really offensive. Super racist. But uh, it was a whole Elmer Fudd trying to hunt him in this and that. And to by today's standards, and their standards is really racist. He's like, "Oh, I was gonna catch me a rabbit, and come here, a rabbit. I got you right now." <laughs> and Bugs Bunny does this awful. whole thing and makes him look cool, bad. And at the end of the video, the dude they sell war bonds, and uh, <laughs> Bugs Bunny goes into blackface and is like, "Oh, mammy." And this is nineteen forty one. Most people haven't seen that because they haven't aired that on TV for nearly 60 years. Yeah, I never saw that. This summer, Bugs Bunny is starring with LeBron James in Space Jam 2. We're not canceling Dr. Seuss. Right. We're just throwing away the shit that we don't like. That's what I'm saying. Like all that right. rappers do. Like I can watch and we're that. keeping the positive. I fucking love Looney Tunes and I love Bugs Bunny. I always have. And I'm like, I can watch that and be like, this is fucking disgusting. And I'm so glad it's not like that anymore. Period. I'm not going to cancel Bugs Bunny. I'm not going to boycott Bugs Bunny. It's not happening. Well, that's the thing about the Confederate statues. Like, you know, when people want to argue it's part of history. Okay, I give you that. It's part of history. But the problem is 
that the statues are put up to glorify people and to put it in the face of people like we will always oppress you. That's when this yeah. shit was put. Shit wasn't put up when right after or during to say, look, these are our heroes. It was put up during the Jim Crow era to remind black people who was still in charge. Right, like, yeah. It represents a bad thing. Like we can talk about who those people were and at, at the time and whatever in the context of what it was, but, but we, we shouldn't them. celebrate well. that. You know what I mean? It's just insane to me, but absolutely. Well, while we're on that topic too, do you want to hit uh, touch on this George Floyd act and yeah, then so uh, there, for the people act? There were two bills that passed in the house. One is for the people act HR one. It was the very first piece of legislation that was uh, put forth by the house. And it passed with 371 yays and only two nays. Who were the two nays? I didn't write them down, but they're oh. but they were like people I didn't recognize. But um, 38 people were absent for the vote, um, so it overwhelmingly passed. And this for the people act. If you get a chance to look it up, like at the beginning of it, the text of the there's a lot of good stuff in there about access to the ballot. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, it has to do with money and politics. There's a lot of things. It's going to correct gerrymandering. Like all the stuff we mentioned in our in our one episode about the war on democracy, all that stuff is addressed in this act. So I'm really happy about that. We'll see if it passes the Senate, though. I'm not gonna get my hopes up. And the uh, the other one was uh, HR 1280, which is the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which is um, you know meant to address uh, police accountability when they commit acts of violence. Um, it it addresses the issues of um, uh, immunity. What do they call that? Um, where they're given police are given more latitude they're they given a certain level of immunity for their for their acts it's meant to address that and also the militarization of police uh getting it they want to prohibit them from getting like hardcore military gear so um you know and they're going to bring them into compliance with funding so um that was a completely partisan vote not surprisingly um all the democrats voted yes on it all the republicans voted no except for three there were two Democrats, uh, Jared Golden and Ron Kine, who voted no, and one Republican, Lance uh, Gooden, who voted yes. So, But they both passed the House, so we'll have to see what happens in the Senate. As for the stimulus checks, uh, Ron Johnson required the House uh, interns to read the entire thing just to stall off, and now they're going to go into some Voterama thing to stall it some more. I really don't get the whole stall tactic because if people are out there in your district that need this money. <laughs> Who are you impressing with this? Nobody. I swear to God they just do it because they get off like watching poor people suffer. I swear to God that's I what it is. I just had a head thought. I was impressed by it. Um, one third of Washington politics is genuine. Like this is where I stand. This is where I stand. This is my views. Two thirds is strictly making sure that the other party doesn't look too good. Yep. So we can gain more power in the next election. Absolutely. I think that's why Nancy Pelosi held off on the coronavirus aid that Trump wanted to give at the end because she didn't oh, want to give him easily. a boost before the election. Easily. Absolutely. And it worked. And also, but also, most of these, most of these uh, Republican senators, well, a lot of them, less about 10, 20 of them were like, hey, $2,000, that sounds great. And now they're like, wait, eh, let's cut back on how much we're giving them. Because one third is uh, true views and two thirds is just Don't to want buy the, Democrats for, to look the next good. election, yep. trying to get that power back. And then once, once they get their power back, <laughs> hey, hey, all bets are off. Let's do all the things. Let's spend all the money. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Well, every time we have elections, you know, it kind of swings. The pendulum swings a little further to the right, a little further to the left. Now, Biden, I think, is kind of breaking that because he's definitely, I don't think he's to the left of Obama. 
in any way. But um, I hope Obama's sitting somewhere shaking his fucking head at Joe Biden like, ugh. I don't think so. I think he's enjoying his Netflix he's money. In his, he's on the beach. He's in his, he's <laughs> yeah, in he's his Martha Vineyard day. home. Well, he he did a uh, million dollars. He's, still, he's like, man, I'm glad I got done with that president thing when he, uh, I was still young enough. He's doing some Spotify thing right now, too. He's doing like a podcast on Spotify with, with somebody. Bruce Yeah, what the fuck it's is that? Boss. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm going to sit here and have some wine with Bruce Springsteen. So we got to compete with that? The fuck? Oh, yeah, uh, we're done. done. He's gone. He's like, hey, good luck, America. <laughs> it's worth like $10 million now. Uh, is... Thank you very much for, for your votes. <laughs> yeah, maybe all the hope and change he was preaching about was about the life he was going to have afterwards. Man, he made it. Good for you, brother. <laughs> Yo. Hey, he tried. He tried. He, he gave it a good run. He was like, hey, y'all voted. <laughs> you guys wanted to vote for Trump, huh? Well, guess what? I'm going to the Caribbean. I'll, <laughs> I'll catch you guys next time. Can you imagine the face plant that he was doing whenever he seen that insurrection shit? He was probably just oh, like... Man. He's probably laughing, honestly. No, he's probably like, man, let me get out of here. He probably called Biden and be like, if you can't, if you know what I'm saying, like, do better than this guy. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> but uh, there is a cool website if you want to go look at Legisgan, L-E-G-I-S-C-A-N. Dot com and uh, under roll call they have all these uh, you know legislation and you can see who voted how they voted and off to the right of that what I really like about it it has a link to open secrets where you can see who funds these people so no shocker if there's like an environmental thing and he gets voted against you can pretty much bet oil and gas pays that person's campaign so that's I a good like resource this. yeah it's a good resource yeah well that's all I had it was a lot this week, man. No. I spent so many hours like pouring over stuff, trying to figure out what's going on. I had a blast. That was fun. I, I kinda, feel like I keep I checking out of uh, I keep checking out of politics for like way longer than I should, just because I feel like now that the Trump era is over, that I can just be like, <sighs> I guess you I, can't though, because that's when they're going to try to get some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've been a lot more relaxed um, without after the election. After the election, a lot of weird things happened. A lot of weird. Um, things were being thrown out there by, by conspiracy theorists. I On uh, January 6th, I, I text some people and I'm like, man, this is how Republicans are lost. We might be seeing the end of the country right now. No, I did think that too. I, I thought I was like, this is it. And tomorrow we might wake up and uh, different people might be in different like you know positions across the country. Governors might be moved. You know, I thought the craziest um, scenarios were going to happen. And I was glad to see them stall out how they did. Yeah. I actually thought, I was like, there's no way. The security in the, ca- the capital is so much better. They're probably in some like downstairs under- underground bunker right now where nobody can get to them. No. Being, <laughs> no. No. They were being like uh, protected by a few uh, chairs and, and seats. And I'm like, really? After 9-11? This is the security system we have in the yeah. capital? It's yeah. pathetic. Yeah. Anybody pathetic. can walk in there with anything in their backpack? Backpacks, dude. You can't even go in a courthouse no. with a backpack. Dude, I can't even go in the casino with a little mini backpack. So I was like, man, this is it. This is. I was like, man, I hope, I hope some of these poor politicians don't die on camera. And you know, they they the insurrectionists, some of them knew about the tunnels underneath of there. Oh, yeah. And they said they're down and they're turn on the gas. Mm. Like. So the FBI is looking into how did they get these maps? How did they hey. get the maps of uh, the tunnels? It's pretty you know simple. What I'm saying? Like, we just don't want to look at it. But all it took was all it took was twenty of them to have like twenty like twenty percent of them to have bad intentions, mm-hmm. and the others would just go along with the flow of it. I'm sorry, all, all these things happen. 
and like Holly and so Marjorie Taylor Green and and uh, Bobert and all these newcomers that had no name recognition, oh. had nothing. They got like Holly got like three hundred thousand dollars from the Cokes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Google gave him money. Like he got money from big tech and freaking rich uh, old white men. So like how you know what I'm saying like. Who is he representing? A lot of the people that got arrested after that, too, said, like, basically that they don't want to be held for their, their responsible for their actions at the Capitol because they just got caught up in the moment. Well, that's, no, like, that's the thing, though. You look at every revolution, every um, uh, government being taken over, every riot in the world. These are normal people. Mm-hmm. These are people that work at the mall, in office buildings, every riot. And people will, like, mock them, like, oh, they're not going, you know, oh, why don't you get a job, this and that. It's about getting caught in the moment. I, I tell people all the time, you can't criticize. I mean, you can't. But criticizing somebody that's, that, that protects in a riot or an insurrection like this. If you've ever been in a bar fight and got caught in the moment, I imagine that's the same thing. And I've seen people wild out in bar fights. And some people, I, I, I'm proud of myself. I've always kept in my mind to me, like, oh, it's a bar fight. I'm going to walk outside the door. I'm not being part of this. But half that crowd... Is ready to just throw a chair, and that's what, that's what these crowds are about. Oh, I'm man. the dummy that thinks I can get in between people and talk to push them no. apart. No, yeah, and shit then down. you're in the middle of it too. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh no, I can talk these people out from like you know, hanging this person. No, this is happening. Yeah, that's me too. I, I make that mistake. Yeah, and I'm sure there's people there, and you watch some of these videos, they're like, hey, no, they're, they're okay, they're police too. We're supposed to be respecting your police, and they're like, nobody's listening to you over yeah. here, you know. You're being we're, unfun. We're being, uh, being a fun killer right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I will be very curious to see though how persistent they are with these investigations of of Trump, the legal things he's getting he's in trouble for, um, civilly and criminally, and also the members of Congress. Because I do think I, I I really believe that down under I feel like all they was helping too. they was helping. I just feel people. like a a, a big. Uh, mask has been revealed because it's like I always looked at this pretty seriously and I can't even remember saying to somebody too that after these elections if Trump didn't win that this shit was gonna happen and that person was like oh don't be paranoid they're not gonna do that and so then, then it happens right and I was talking to this person I was like I know this sounds crazy but like I had to get a new therapist a new psychiatrist I had to start looking around different departments for that i was looking for new people and i'm like does it make me sound crazy if the first question i ask them when i walk in there is do you believe in QAnon?" because if you do i'm not gonna tell you shit like i gotta know there's people walking around like is my doctor one of these people because if so i can't trust you like you know what i mean they're fucking everywhere and like you think that like if they're QAnon people, then there's no way. They're, like, probably idiots and blah, blah, blah. But so many of these people are getting arrested or fucking doctors, Lawyers? attorneys. Like, yeah. People like, that aren't fucking just, dumb. Like, just... I hope, and this is me being um, wishful thinking, that QAnon was a knee-jerk reaction to people that voted for Trump and believed in him, and they couldn't wrap their head on, around that it was going this bad, that he was this bad at the job, and he was this silly-sounding... And there's, this couldn't be the reality. There has to be a different reality. And I can't be so wrong about this guy and this movement. And Oh, so wait, this is all an act? And this is actually, there's actually a secret war going on? That makes total sense because I can't be incorrect. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has to be acting stupid so he can take down these people in the background. And I think a lot of people, it, it made them feel better. About, so, yeah. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm well, remember they that... used to joke early on in Trump's presidency about this This guy's not playing 5D chess. Come yeah. on. That used to be the joke. And yeah. so you're right. Maybe there is something. And, but they're like, no, he is. 
<laughs> and you're going to see when these arrests happen and these tribunals happen. And I'm hoping after this stuff didn't happen, a chunk of those people will be like, no, he's who he looks like. Mm-hmm. He's that douchebag. There are a lot he's of people. He's not very bright. It's time for us to move on. I hope so. Maybe we'll see. I but also I, hope me, that they learn and they don't just do it again for the next guy. I think for a lot of them needed to be like, no, I'm, I didn't make this mistake. This is, it was reassuring to mm-hmm. know that he was um, well, I don't know if you playing know, 3D chess. And, I don't know if you know anybody that like really invested herself in this whole idea. But my parents were like that and I have a friend who was like that. And before the election, like leading up to the election, they were like, spun up so bad excited like no like agitated like afraid like they really believed that if biden won they're getting locked up in a concentration camp the country's over like they were that convinced of this that this was the end of the world and then when when biden won it was almost like they were mad about it but they were like now we can see we're not locked up in a camp somewhere and and that's the social media thing i remember that's the first time i ever saw that was uh in 08 but that was because Obama was so different and you know, socialist, and it was be the end of the world. But you didn't hear that. I didn't remember hearing that in 2000, or 96, 2000, 2004, 08. And I didn't, ex- I didn't expect to see it with Biden because he's just the most, the blandest politician. It's fucking oatmeal. That the Democrats could have ran. Like, he was the safest. And that's why they voted, that's why they elected him. That's that's I want to ask these people too. The best ideas. He was like, oh, oh, Uncle Joe. <laughs> Sure, why not? Like, you really think Joseph Robinette yeah. Biden is going to put you in a camp? I'm yeah. sorry. No. Uh, so I thought this, I, I think that's going to be a thing until social media. Uh, you, QAnon, they, you follow what makes you feel good, and that, and that would make sense. I go to, my gym hasn't aired Fox News um, since the election. Good. But since December, no, they 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 showed Newsmax now. Oh, oh no! So did my parents. My yeah, parents they, they replaced Fox too. News with Newsmax. That's worse because Fox News wasn't telling them what what made them feel good about the election. Yeah. So this business owner, whoever it is, at my gym, changes out to, to, to Newsmax. So Do I have to watch uh, Silk and Diamond in the mornings um, while I, I'm I'm on the treadmill. Jesus. I don't watch it. I watch my YouTube. But I'm like, oh man, you really canceled Fox News in here. Shit. Because it's a thing too with like hairdressers and um gym owners. Like there's a certain like certain people if you notice like kept popping up as the ones that were like you know, the the icons of right wing people yeah. and then as soon as they would become famous for something, they would be like running for Congress. Oh yeah. <laughs> they were harvesting like angry gym owners to become like <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> angry hairstylist. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just think angry working class. They just have the anger in the wrong place. Um, yeah, and uh, they thought this was the savior, and he, he was he what he was what he appeared to be, and that QAnon theory found it so nice. Like, oh no, he's the savior of Christianity, and children, and and good moral Jesus values. Jesus and babies. And Jesus and babies and. <laughs> Baby Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Pink Houses with a song, you know? Ain't that America? You and me? That's Donald Trump. All this stuff that he appears to be, he was not. Oh, shit. All right. Well, we are out of time. You have anything else, Mick, you want to add no. before we wrap up? Was it Pink up? Houses? Was it the song? Was it Pink I, I have no idea what you're talking Ain't about. Ain't that America? Oh, yeah. yeah. Pink Houses? I don't know. John Mellencamp? I know the song, but John yeah. Mellencamp. I know it was yeah. John Mellencamp. Is it Pink Houses or Pink Doors? It's Pink Houses. 
I can't. I can't I'd have to look it's it up. It's a good song. Look it up, yes. <laughs> John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> well, uh, Jermaine, thank you for coming back. We love having you. You always spice it up. Make it a little spicy in here. It is Pink Houses by John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> I'm not sure if his name, middle name is Cougar. Um, it's just a Mellencamp. I don't know why, where I got Cougar from. Thunder no, Cougar they used to call him that. John Cougar, why? Yeah, I don't know. They used to call him that. Okay, well, I apologize. Go keep going, guys. Oh, no. Is Johnny Cougar John Mellencamp? That's his name. John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> Pink houses. That should be our theme song next week. All right. Well, uh, that's all I have. So thank you, Jermaine, for coming. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It was a tre- pleasure, a treat, my honor, my duty, my love. <laughs> I can't top that. I'm signing out. All right. This is you signing off. Oh, God, you're so, you're blessed with.